Hello, this is Todd O'Brien, your host, and welcome to Evolve the Entrepreneur Mindset. My name is Kyle Zamchek. And my superpower is being so, so full of love for so many people and the world. I'm feeling really in it about being an entrepreneur. guest today is an expert on communication transformation. She is a consultant, speaker, trainer, and coach. She has been on the executive leadership team in some great companies like Jackrabbit Mobile, and now the company Listenly, a digital platform to promote emotional health through listening. She works with startups, Fortune 100 companies, and government institutions like the National Security Agency on transformation leadership through one-on-one coaching with high-level executives. She has a degree in theater and psychology with a focus on performing identity. Please welcome to the show, Kyle Zamchek. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I am so excited to be here with you today. And this has been like the most magnificent and weird entrance into a (laughs) podcast that I could ever be. And and I tell you, I'm loving it. I'm loving it already. I've got a huge smile on my face. I'm in East Austin, and I'm in this back house behind the place that you live with a bunch of other people who come through as entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. And this this house back here, it's just a really cool setting. And uh, we did a fun little exercise to warm up the voice. I want to, first of all, just ask you about your degree, okay? Because your degree is in performing identity. What's behind that? Well, Hampshire College is behind that. Yeah, they you create your own major, which it is the most amazing school. You don't have tests. You just have to really care about what you're doing and be pretty obsessive about it. So by the time you graduate, everyone who's stuck it out is just obsessed with something that they're doing. So you create your own major. So performing identity was the creation and culmination of all of this work that I had been doing over the course of four years, which is a really great yeah. way to approach education because sure. it mirrors how my professional life has been. Yeah. Well, thanks for clearing that up. It's super interesting, just like you. I mean, you're a very interesting person. I met you a month and a half ago, and I was really drawn to the way you presented yourself and what you were doing. On our podcast, we don't typically talk about the companies too much because we want to talk about other things, but I want you just to really quickly help everybody understand like what what's under the hood in Listenly. Like, how did you get to where you you are today in this company because it's super interesting. Actually, my business partner on Listen Lee was an Airbnb guest here at the house. And uh, at the time I was running Jackrabbit Mobile, a technology company. I was getting really into blockchain and started a little side blockchain consulting company. And he was also working on blockchain projects. So a little while after he'd been a guest, me, the founder of Jackrabbit, him and another fellow, we all got together for a blockchain mastermind. We'd meet every other week and we would talk about the projects that we're doing. And it became a bit like an opportunity to test out running these projects and getting each other's insights, thinking, of course, 
that I was going to go into doing something deep in the world of blockchain, which listen, Lee is very, very far from, but uh, that's where the collaboration first started, which blossomed out of this house. And then as we, as Jeff and I, Jeff Sank is my co-founder, ended up continuing to work together. And Jonathan Rosenberg, the founder of Jackrabbit, was also key player in bringing us into this world of emotions and what we're calling emotional tech. This is so cool how stories come together and how things are formed and they never what you think they're going to be. This has been my experience too. Like you go to do something and then it just really changes a lot along Mm. the way. And I think the people in it are drivers of that because Mm -hmm. we as people change quite a bit. You know, when I met you, you were talking a lot about curiosity Mm -hmm. and it kept sparking my own curiosity because I was doing a lot of these podcasts and I was talking to a lot of different people and I was getting curious about them. But then I realized that curiosity was sort of a theme throughout all of the podcasts in this first season that I'm working on. And I just wonder, like, how does curiosity play out in your life? That's something I actually think a lot about because I had started these various areas of my life, like I had this background in theater, even my education to bring it back there, where I had a discipline and rather than just stay with what I knew or was passionate about, passion for me was like, well, I can be passionate about so many things. What am I curious about? And that's a question that I ask myself all the time to help me figure out where do I want to go next? Because like I said, my superpower, I can really get like very excited about so many things. If there's dynamic energy there, it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm curious. But that, or I'm passionate. And the curiosity piece, though, that's like, it digs a little bit deeper. Or maybe I'm curious at a surface level, but how deep does that curiosity go? How much am I wanting this next thing? And I think that's a huge part of my mindset. Eventually, like when I was doing theater, you know, I might go back to doing theater and explore it, but I had done so many areas. I wasn't curious about it in the same way. Yeah. If we take it a few steps deeper on curiosity, what are you curious about right now? Right now, I'm actually really curious about memory and how do we create memories. The last four years have been some of the more wild years of my life, like the highest highs, lowest lows. How does my perception of the world and the mental patterns that I had walking into those events change the way that I perceive those events now? And how has that been a great source of strengths for me? So memory is a really big thing for me right now. And how is curiosity like improved or helped Listenly? (laughs) I think Listenly is a giant child that was birthed (laughs) through curiosity. (laughs) I think it is the product. It's just feel, the reason I'm pulling this up is because this company feels so intertwined with you. I don't know what it, what it is about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's a story here. And I think it's worth like unpacking and uncovering because there is more. There is more there. Yes. So many yeses to what you just said. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to try to synthesize this story to make it smaller. I'm just going to offer make you the big. real. Make it I want to hear. Okay, I want to hear the, the big real story. areas of it. So like I said, I, I'm in a mastermind group. And that, that's where this started. And I ended up in a program, a leadership program out in the Bay Area with Jonathan Rosenberg, the founder yeah. of Jack Robin, who's also my long-term romantic partner. And it was with 38, I believe is the number, other leaders. That, and I thought I was going for leadership skills, but turns out you're you're like <laughs> sitting there crying and sobbing and talking about all of your emotional depth. I didn't know I had all of these yeah. things that were inside of me. And then it's only later you realize like, oh, you work at Google Brain and oh, you run this company, but you know them on this whole other level. And the projects that I was starting to work on, they started to iterate the ones with Jeff and I started to do this 
smart journal that you could write in and then do sentiment analysis to better mm. track like how do we feel over time because we aren't the greatest predictors of how we're going to feel yeah. and like recalling how did we feel and so something that happened for me that was hugely informative is when I went to go do that first workshop as Jonathan's mother and sister were killed in a car accident mm. and we flew back from California like with in, in deep state of shock and all of a sudden the priorities and what did we want out of our lives and what were we focusing on had shifted but I, I had already shifted the, the emotional stuff I wanted to focus on and so listening and listening sessions the specific practice that we're popularizing that I hope one day will be as a part of people's daily weekly monthly rituals as like meditation or going to the gym that saved me during this incredible times that were so high and so low and even just running a tech company with your long-term romantic partner Jonathan and I started doing this practice of listening sessions with each other not having a language or a name for it until we started reading more literature and learning there's a practice here that none of us know about none of us are doing but was so wildly influential in my life and so it was all of these emotional experiences that I felt like it would be a disservice not to bring this to other yeah. people. And then I got curious about, well, how can I scale it? How can I bring that? How can I make this something that's more a part of everyone's lives and not just like reserved for people who are able to go to San Francisco for these periods of weekends to do this level of work? Yeah. So it's truly born out of something that's experienced and real in your life every day, which is really inspiring. Like this is to me, like the behind an entrepreneur, this is what really drives them, which leads me to like ask you some other questions around intention. What sort of intentions do you set now every day to help you move forward in your life, in the company, in all the things that you're doing? <laughs> Where my head goes with that is I was like, huh, so intention, it's a great question. And it's funny because my business partner, he's the very logic brained yeah. one and he's really clear about very specific kinds of intention. And my answer would be like, my intention is a color. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's like a little bit where my head goes. What color is your intention? It's like this warm yellow. Okay. And then some days it's like a light green. And what's behind the yellow and light green? I think it's a feeling that I want to bring to my day. Okay. And I think it's how am I approaching my day and what is the headspace that I'm going to approach today with? And part of that is because the kind of work that I'm doing, you know, with founders, it's all over the place. And sometimes it's super social and being out in the world, which is great. I'm super extroverted. But sometimes it's like sitting behind my computer and just knocking through things all day, which is those are the hardest days for me. Yeah. And it requires a different mindset. And so it's that like rapid context switching between the kinds of work that I'm doing that it's almost like, what is the headspace that I need to be brought to? And my mother's an art teacher. So maybe that's why color yeah. color is really like a, a mental setting for my brain. If I can bring it back to that it can be really calming or really help yeah. with the intention. And then there's the like typical intentions. Like for me right now, it's all about, can I get enough sleep? Hmm. That's my biggest intention. Yeah. That's this like to see, is there a way that I can be present and in my body so I can fully be in this experience, yeah. which means I really need to sleep. Yeah. Sleep is important and it's a valuable commodity, I think, to uh, entrepreneurs who really live and breathe their, their work. So uh, you're not alone in that. But I really like what you said about intention because sometimes intention can be seen as a checklist of what you need to do. Like, oh, I, this is my intentions to do. And it's our goals. And it's about that. It's showing up, right? Like you yeah. said, it's showing up in that color. It's showing up where you are. And that may sound fluffy to like people who are listening, but it actually is very valid and true to be present and to live on 
purpose every day. You can't do that if you never have any sleep, right? It's hard to live on purpose, but it's just following that intention when it comes to and that urge of where you want to go and living on purpose. Oh, totally. All of these things shape how we perceive the world and how we perceive our own world, yeah. like you're saying. And I do think it's easy sometimes to devalue things like as fluff or as somehow fringy and not realizing, oh my God, these are the skills that people are paying $400 an hour to get access to, to, exactly. to shift the way that we're thinking. Yeah. All right. We're going to take just a short break. We'll be right back. You spent a lot of time in London. I spent a lot of time in London. Mm-hmm. I was just there and I was interviewing several people. And one of the people that I interviewed was this guy named Lawrence, who owns a company called Pavegen. This guy is taking our human footsteps and turning them into energy. What do we think the city of New York could generate with all of the walking oh, that New Yorkers could they, do? Could, could they light up all Times New Square? York. I'd have to say yes. I mean, it's incredible. We need we need one of these in the Austin airport. We need one. For as much as yeah. we're traveling, this needs to be in every airport in the world. So go check them out, pavegen.com. Connecting people to places. I like that. It's their tagline. We should just create a commercial for them. Oh, wait, we just did. Oh, that's what's happening. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. We're with Kyle Zamchek from Listenly. Let's talk about self-awareness. And I wonder for you, like, how important is self-awareness and how does it play out? (laughs) That's such a great question. That is, I'd say, the number one most important question that I would ask anyone that I was going to collaborate with. Because self-awareness to me is the difference between letting your ego get in the own way of the company and fully showing up to support what is, not what you want to sugarcoat things to be. Somebody put it really well to me the other day, ruthlessly rooted in reality. Mm. And to be ruthlessly rooted in reality, you need to be willing to be self-aware to the point at which it's humbling. And to allow yourself to be self-aware about all of your greatest challenges in the face of the people you respect the most, which I hope would be your collaborators and the people that you're surrounding yourself with. You have to be willing to just like kill your ego again and again and again and again until all of a sudden killing your ego feels great. You're like, oh good. Like I just had feedback the other day from my business partner and trying to figure out when am I in like focused mindset versus dual mindset where I'm multitasking and when is it a good time to be in which and realizing I'm misfiring sometimes being like splitting my focus when I really need to be focused on one conversation at hand and I was like this is great yeah thanks for this this was I love getting feedback now that allows me to shift and to grow and if I wasn't okay with that self-awareness then all of this feedback would create defensiveness and I've seen versions of myself and the pastor we all see it in ourselves in different relationships that are like prone to breeding that defensiveness instead of allowing ourselves to grow or allow ourselves to see okay maybe you disagree with that feedback but it tells you something about that other person yeah that self-awareness piece how it plays out i think is how willing are you to sit with the challenges that are both the actual business challenges and then the interpersonal challenges that really are the things that make or break a company's success Wow. I just felt like I had a master class on self-awareness. Uh, it was really amazing. I, I want you to expound a little bit on the ego side of things, because I think we all carry some ego somewhere, like, and to break that down. And I'm wondering, like, how do you work with people who have really big, strong egos that are out in the room? And is this something that, that has to be, like, 
stripped away to the very bare core or is it something that people can sort of chip away at? How do we even start? If we don't know we're self-aware, but we think we're self-aware, this happens a lot too. So like, where do you start? And there's a few questions I want to tease out in what you just said. Yeah. One is, this idea of you know can you chip away at it or do you need to just strip all the way down and I would say well it depends on how much do you want to grow and if you want to grow and you want to keep growing and really fulfill all the different potential that you could, then strip that away. Yeah. And if you want to chip away and you want to slowly grow and you're kind of okay and you're content with that level and where you're at, then that's where you're at. And that's, I'm not going to, I don't want to sit here and shame somebody who is not interested in that growth because yeah. that growth is also deeply painful. Mm. And I think there's a certain level of security and safety that you need to feel in order to do that work. That's part of why I feel like I'm able to do this work is, is that privilege of I feel safe I fundamentally trust the world and that is a position that so many people because of circumstances that they've had in their childhood or in relationships aren't able to say that and it takes having a level of confidence to be willing to strip back your ego so I think it starts there are you willing to be confident do you feel safe and if you don't feel safe, well, then what do you need in order to create that safety so that you can just start to strip that back and really look at, okay, how do I want to show up in the world? And the biggest way that I've seen be impactful for people to allow their egos to kind of just be obliterated, as I like to put it, is to be surrounded by people who you really respect, who you really trust, and who will call you on all of your shit. Mm. And when you have that, and you're willing to listen, so you also need to be really good yeah. at listening, when you have that and you're willing to listen, your ability to allow yourself to just obliterate that ego, you have a much greater chance of it when you're doing that in relationship to others. So sitting alone, isolated, and saying, okay, I'm going to like let go of my ego, well, the rest of your life, you may be, unless you're gonna live totally alone and isolated, figuring out how to let go of your ego alone isn't gonna solve a lot of your problems. Mm-hmm. That's why I would say allow yourself to build a community that you really trust to help you in that process so you can all do that work together because that's where where it's going to count when you're doing this kind of collaboration and work is can you let go of your ego around others? Do you feel like egos are mainly based in fear, like fear of losing something or fear is it, how does fear play into egos in your mind? I think that it's two parts. It's fear and that we don't know how to have grief because when you realize that you are holding your ego in a place and you want to change, if we make this change now and see that it's actually increased our quality of life or somehow perceived we perceive it better, that forces us to look at in the past, what relationships do we then need to grieve to say, oh my God, I'm, I'm the reason that this problem happened. And we don't like to do that. We don't have a culture that knows how to hold grief. We don't have a culture that is teaching us how to relate to our own fear. And that's the hardest thing, I think, for people to make change. If we're all really living in the present moment, well, then it would become easier. But we're so built up with all these experiences in the past that to make those change, that change now is to almost admit 
like what are all the past decisions that you've made and yeah I, for when I've seen and worked with people and executives and myself around this work when you make these changes they're awesome those internal personal changes and there's grief that you have to go through of all the times you could have done something differently and didn't it's really really resonating with me and I appreciate you bringing that to the table and I'm wondering if people listening are wondering okay I kind of get that I understand that how do I start I'll tell you how I started. Sit down with somebody and allow yourself to actually let what's happening for you right now come up because the things that our ego is attached to are alive for us. We spend a lot of our days not really sitting in it and you can create that space for it. That's what a listening session is. It's an intentional time to say what's happening for us right now, give it space so that we can then experience the exhale of having let all that go. And a biggest place is to start in that dialogue with someone by having them ask mm. you or for you to ask them what's big for you right now what's, what's actually big for you right now and maybe you let somebody talk for 10 minutes and then you say okay and now what's actually big for you right now let's go deeper yeah and from there having somebody just be curious about you so if you have 20 minutes together and i'm doing a listening session for you and i ask you that todd what's big for you right now and you start you know maybe searching your brain what could i say what is it but then you start feeling into it and you say okay but what's happening in your gut what's really big for you and it may have it may not even make logical sense to me as your listener that's okay but can i be curious about you and ask you questions because you're gonna be way better at figuring out what work needs to be done than i could possibly be for any individual but can you help facilitate somebody to get there to start this work I would say it starts and that's also a part of building self-awareness is to see if you can have somebody give you the time to listen to you Hmm. so that you can start to listen to yourself but through their asking questions and being curious about you and what's happening for you and continuously to ask questions that can be sometimes the prodding like the poking and the prodding at that internal ego to help things start to relax and just find a place of being more vulnerable and what I found is the more vulnerable you're showing up in certain areas of your life the more it becomes almost like I can't not be vulnerable in these other like oh god why am I having this really dull conversation when it could be vulnerable which then is the grieving of all the conversations that you had where you weren't fully showing up and being your most vulnerable self you know in, in in our world as entrepreneurs the the word mentor is really big mm. this is not a mentor this is this is something different right what you're asking and, and I I want to I want to really put a, a clear line between here because a mentor is somebody who's helping shape you for your business and doing these sort of things and they probably do listen to you but it's a different kind of listening they're listening for the business and listening for ways to help you that way you're talking about maybe someone like a, a coach or um, someone who is trained in this to be able to actually listen to you yeah that is what I'm talking about and sometimes you can have a close friend who's really empathetic friend like we have a specific way of screening because there's a hidden superpower in so many people which is high empathy and you may know like when I say this it's like who's that friend in your life that you know you can actually go talk to well if you can bring this structure to them and say could we sit down and do a listening session and hear the instructions and you're going to be my listener and can we do it for 20 minutes and I'm just going to have your attention on me. We don't realize the immense value that just having another person's attention on us, what that brings up in us. Like, it's uncomfortable. We're used to, in dialogue, 
hey, I'm going to talk and, oh, okay, wait, I talk too much. Let me ask you about your life. Enable us to not go deeper in ourselves. And when we go deeper in ourselves and we feel that feeling of, I feel so exposed and, oh my God, it's not always a good feeling, (laughs) but there's so much value in that feeling Mm -hmm. and to have somebody else's attention on you in a loving way. Like they're being curious and being open and empathetic towards you there's a shift that happens where you're allowed to do that. And that is different than a mentor. And mentors are amazing. I have many mentors in my life. People who I sat next to on airplanes who became mentors. Yeah. Or You never know how you're going to find those amazing yeah. people. This is very different because it's not anyone trying to have advice for you. And in fact, as a listener, if... If I have, if we, I have a rule around in a listening session, no unsolicited advice. Because <laughs> we often, in our culture, we really think that we're listening. And then you look back on it and you're like, oh, that was just advice giving. There was no deep listening. I wish we could go on much longer. And I'm sure we'll have another session at some other point where we can talk uh, through another episode. But I really do thank you for the time that you've spent with me today and looking forward to future engagements for sure. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Todd. This was such a joy. I really appreciate it.